Um, we done heard a lot of great things this past week, um, a lot of good things. And um, me and my, well, we just came off of the boot camp, a relationship boot camp. And my wife was talking about certain things about the boot camp. And she said the one thing that kept coming up to her mind was agreement, being in agreement. So that's what I'm going to that's what I'm going to talk about, is being in agreement, because it's, it's really important. A lot of things can move when you're in an agreement. A lot of things can happen when you're in agreement. Um, I know that when me and my wife is in agreement, good things happen. Like when we, when we, was, uh, when we first got married, uh, we, our first house, we was in agreement with that, and everything went smooth and easy. It just was like everything clicked. So it, when you're in agreement, everything can move, everything can be uh, as one. So then the, the, one of the stories, Bible stories that come to me when I think about agreement is um, the, um, what is it, uh, in Genesis, Genesis 11, when, uh, when they was, uh, let me see, I got the wrong. Uh, I should. I should have used your Bible. <laughs> uh, let me see. Yeah. Yeah. Let me see your Bible. Uh, oh. Okay. Yeah. The tower. The tower. <laughs> um. <laughs> And it's about the Tower of uh, Babel. Is when uh, everybody knows the story is that they was building a tower to go up to heaven, and um, everybody was speaking the same language, and everybody was on one accord. And so they was on one accord about this, and and God had came down to see the tower that they was building, and He seen what they was building, and He was like. Um, because it was, they was building it, but they was building it for the wrong reasons. But they was in agreement, and God was like, they in agreement, I can't stop them. They be in agreement, they can do anything. They can do anything that they want. So that goes to show you how important being in agreement was. And so, being that he, he changed their language so they wouldn't be in agreement. And so now you got people that are talking different things and they, they're not understanding each other. So they're out of agreement, they're out of sync. And then I was reading it and it says how that they, um, they didn't want to be spread it out. And so being in agreement, that means they was together and they wanted to stay together, but God couldn't have them to be in, being together because like I said, they was doing the wrong thing. And they wasn't focused on him, they was building it for a different reason. And he, they was afraid to be spread out. But when they changed their language, all of them got spread it out. So that means that's where you, you think about it. That's where your different languages come from. And you know when you're talking to somebody that don't talk your language, you'll be looking at them like, what, the, what they saying? And then you'll get frustrated and be like, oh, I just don't want to listen to them no more. I don't want to, they're not, they're not making sense to me. So, you know, that, that was important to me. And then what I want to get into is how being in agreement helps us out. 
and, and like I said, it's, it's amazing how that the enemy uses things like that against us that we, he know that's powerful, that we know that we should know that's powerful because it's in the book. We read the book and we should know that it's powerful, but he uses it against us all the time. Because first thing you do is like when you hear people um, just say something to you out the way, instead of, we talk about it all the time, instead of figuring out what they're saying so you can be in agreement with them, you'll jump to a conclusion that, and they'll be like, no, that's not what I was talking about. So y'all out of agreement. And with that, you know, just focusing on what you're supposed to be in agreement about or what you're supposed to be doing. And this is the thing right now, as a body in the church, all of us should be in agreement. And that's like when we're coming into the church. When we walk in here, how many of us come in here expecting God to move? When we walk in, we're expecting him to move. We're expecting him to give us something. We're expecting him to do something. Or are we coming in and we're expecting, we're coming in and we got everything else on our mind? What done went on through the day? What done happened through the day? Or, or how long are we going to be here? When I'm getting ready to go? Uh, I don't want this to last long. But a lot of us come in here with that attitude. And we should come in and come in in agreement. Things, can, things will happen. And so my wife was talking about when she, when we was doing the fast week, that's what kept coming up to her was being in agreement. I mean, not fast week, uh, relationship boot camp. Everything was like, she said, everything was with me was being in agreement. The church need to be in agreement. The church need to be in agreement. And we're a church and we're one body, so a body can't function without everybody being in agreement. You can't tell, if your brain tell your arm to move and your arm and say, I don't feel like it, I want to do something else. It's not going to work. And like I said, I've been, uh, and with that, it's been that I've been, that was one thing, but with being in agreement, we need to be able to, it's a different type of flow that the church needs to be in. And we want the anointing to come, but if we're not in agreement, it's not going to come. So I've been listening to a, a lot of Kenneth Hagin lately, and he talks a lot about the anointing flowing, the spirit moving. And if you watch him, he, the spirit moves all the time with him. It moves a lot. And you watch some of his videos. Actually, we showed a video here that Pastor Keith showed us where it's just flowing. And it wasn't, it was, everybody was in agreement, but it was just flowing. And I mean, he wasn't, he was, he, after he got finished teaching, and he was just trying to say somebody close out. And they couldn't close out. Every time they walk up to the mic, they fall out. Or they, or they pass out. Or they couldn't say nothing. Or they, just everything would happen. So, I mean, the way we're going in the church, that's what we want. That's what we want to see. That's what people want to come and see and want to enjoy. I mean, to be able to be in a place where where the noise is flowing all over the place, who wouldn't want to be there? Because when the anointing comes like that, anything can happen because everybody's in agreement. And when he's talking about it, he, he broke it down into, he broke it down to, in three different types of anointing. He broke it, broke it down to it, it did, in the individual anointing, 
ministry gift anointing and corporate anointing. And I was like, wow, that's interesting because I never heard it that way. Now the inter intervention, uh, individual anointing, anointing individual, I can't even get it out. Where the anointing when it's just you is an anointing when um, it's the it's just an anointing. Everybody has it. It's like when you first get saved, you're anointed in just the Holy Spirit. It's an anointing that lets you, that teaches you and helps you learn things. It, it guides you. Uh, we'll go to, uh, let me see. Let me go to 1 John. 1 John 2. So I'm right, first John two and twenty. Oh yes. Okay, first John two, verse twenty, it says, But you have a auction auction from the Holy One, and you and you know all things. So the unction is the the anointing. And let's see. 27 and you go down to verse 27 with the anointing which okay but the anointing which ye have received from him abides in you you need not demand man teaches you but the same anointing teaches you of all things the truth and it's and not lie, and even as it has taught you shall shall abide him, abide in him. So that's telling us that everybody, once you get saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, you got an individual anointing. So you already anointed. Now that's just it's just a teacher. It tells you when you're doing something wrong. It convicts you when you're doing when it lets you know when this is not right, that's not right. It tells you how to, it, it just teaches you the word of God. When you're reading something, it stands out to you. So that's just an anointing that's falling on you. Or just the, it's the part of the Holy Spirit, your God. So basically that's what it's saying, it's just a God. And now you go to the, um, you go to, to the, this is one of, I can say, one of my favorite is the, ministry gifts anointing because that is an anointing when when you I think about it because Pastor Melly was talking the other night and it was mentioned about that we have gifts and everybody has a gift everybody that, that's here that has a gift and you're not using your gift he can't, he can't do anything with it he can't anoint that gift so basically if you're using your ministry anointing that means that's if you look in back in the Old Testament, they anointed the priest, the priest, and you had priests that was anointed. So they was the only ones that can come to God. Or you, or when they had the, uh, they built the. What was that? They when they built the, the temple was it the temple, that they, was that what, yeah, the Ark of the Covenant, and only certain people can go in there. So they was anointed to go in. So that means you had your high priest, and you had your elders, and you had people under him, but they, they was anointed to do that. But now it's the point that we are anointed to do certain things. 
we got the gifts to do certain things and we're not using our gifts. Like Pastor Keith, he's the, he's the pastor. He's anointed to preach. So he, he's preaching and I mean, that don't mean that anybody else can't preach, but he's anointed to preach. Certain people are anointed to teach. So you use your anointing what you're supposed to. Uh, you might be anointed to sing. So you sing. But that's part of being on one accord too because if everybody doing their part, what you was anointed to do, then that means you're in agreement. And then you think about when uh, in the Bible when it says that we should do, and this, this, this struck me as when he said that we can do when you've seen all the miracles that God did and then it says that we can do we're supposed to do more we're supposed to do more things and I thought about it, I was like it said we it didn't say you or one person it said we so as we as a body we're supposed to do more because now we can touch more people because God he was just I mean Jesus was just one person so he couldn't get to everybody so, but if he anointed different people to do different things, like, okay, you got the anointing to heal people, so I need you over here healing people. But I need you over here teaching people. I need you over here praying for people. I need you over here preaching to people. So everybody got something to do. So that way we're touching everybody. So that means everybody's in an agreement. Everybody's doing what they're supposed to do. Like I said, Jesus on the earth, he, he had basically... He didn't do it all because he had the disciples. I mean, he did everything. He was teaching them how to do things. He was learning how to do things. For when he leave, they had to take over. They had to do it. But they did it with, they did it with each other, with just helping each other out with certain things. Like when, they, when he left, they had to take over and they was doing certain, they was doing different things because they couldn't do it on their own. They was anointed to do certain things. And that's what, that's what uh, the way the church is going now is that's the way that we're being set up. He's been going around teaching us certain things, showing us how to do things, and they're pulling, they pulling stuff out of us that we need. And they're showing us where we, where we are strong at and where we're weak at. But that don't mean because of, when you think about the ministry of knowing, you don't, it don't mean that you can't do. Like, it, it, can't, it doesn't mean that because I'm not, I'm not a healing, I'm not, I don't have a healing anointing on me. At one point in time, it might fall on you and you can heal that person. But then too, it's like um, if you go out and let me put it this way, if you go out and you go to, the, uh, you go to a doctor and the nurse is there, but it's something the doctor needs to do, they're going to have the doctor do it because the nurse can't do it. But the nurse can do certain things because that's their they job. And that's what I mean by certain annoyance. That it's just what we need to do. That's what we are supposed to do. That's what he, he built us to do. So that's why we need to do it. Or we need to dwell in it. Or, or, and it's not like that we can't, that your anointing won't change. It's the point of that your gift won't change because you're gifted to do more than just one thing. But when it's time for you to, that special gift, you got to use it. Because if you don't use it, you'll lose it. So basically, 
it makes me think about, like Pastor Melody said, there's a lot of people that's talented in here. We got a lot of talented people, but are we doing what we're supposed to be doing with the talent that we got? Because here the body needs it and the body has to have it. And it's, it's, that's why everybody's here, to do a certain part or to do a certain job. And that's when you get in, um, like I said, that's, that's part, that's a lot of, uh, a lot of the, the anointing that, the, uh, the ministry anointing. Because that, that anointing is what, what, you know, that as we, go, as we grow, we're going to need. Because as you've seen, like I said, a lot of places in the Bible where you see that other people needed help. Ain't nobody doing it on their own because it's, it's a lot to do. And then you got the corporate anointing. Now that anointing is where I found out that's the anointing where it's just the whole, just, uh, let me go to, let me see, scripture. I think I need my Bible back now. Let me see, let me, is it, let me make sure before I send y'all there. That's the thing, I guess, that's the, like when Pastor Keith told me about this, I had something in mind, but it, normally he, he gives me stuff and it's it's there and this time I'm gonna say it, it I ain't gonna say it caught me off guard but I think it was a test of God giving me a test to see where I was at but like I said I had this and it's just I think I might have studied too much <laughs> I didn't think that was possible, but it, it, it can be. But we're going to go, uh, yeah, Acts 2 and 1 and 13. And this is when they was filled with the Holy Spirit, the day of Pentecost. So this is, you, you sit there, everybody know the story? Let's see. And we'll drop down. Oh, everybody's ready? Oh, Acts 2, verse, verse 1. And it says, And when the day of Pentecost was falling, fell, fell comes, finally comes, they were all with one accord in one place. See, that's one accord again. Everybody's on one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as they rushed mightily, mightily winds, it fell all, filled all the house where, where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them, and there appeared to them clothed tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were uh, all filled with the Holy Ghost and began speaking in other tongues. 
as the Spirit gave them utterance. And as you keep on, and there they dwelled at Jerusalem, divine men out of every nation under heaven. Now where these, these were no, where am I, oh, noise are born, and multitudes came together and were confined because confused because they, every man heard them speaking in one's tongue and they were amazed and marveled saying one to another behold are, are not all these which speak Gileans and now here we every man in a in our own tongues, whenever, where, where, whenever we were born. So then it, you know, that's saying that everybody was speaking in tongues and everybody was hearing the same language. So that goes back to, it goes back to when they was in Babylon because then he took away the same language. So basically when we're speaking in tongues, we're all speaking the same language to God. So that's mean, you, you sit there and maybe think about as, you think about it that way, uh, took away, um, he took away the tongue so everybody would be speaking different languages, where everybody would be off, off uh, where everybody would be spread it out and would be difficult to communicate. But when he started, gave us the speaking in tongues, he gave us the tongues to speak as one language. So that means that put us all back on one accord. So everybody should be hearing the same thing, talking the same thing, or, I mean, it's, we don't understand what we're saying, but God understands it because it's his language. So everybody's talking the same thing when we're speaking in tongues to God. Yeah, so that, that's part of putting us back on one accord. If you think about it that way, I mean, so that goes to show you how being on one accord is important to, to being as one especially as, as we grow in the body. And like I said, that's part of the corporate anointing. And then you think about, um, you know, he talked about being in the corporate anointing, that that's, that's the, like you said, when you've seen the picture, when you've seen the picture of everybody's in the building and the body's just, everybody's just in the spirit. Everybody's rejoicing, everybody's moving everything's moving and, and nobody's just, everybody's just free. So when you think about it that way, that's the way we want to be at this church. That's the way we want to flow here when we're here in the body is we want to be free. We want the anointing to come all the time. Every time you walk through the door, we want to feel the anointing. We want to be here when we come in. We want, want people, when they come in, they want to feel that anointing. And we can do that because we've got to be on one accord. Everybody got to be, like I said, when they come in, they got to be with the mindset, I'm ready expecting God to move for us. I'm ready, I'm ready for him to do things. I'm ready for him to, and then you think about just watching people being healed or with the corporate nun, they can be healed without being touched. They just got to believe. Then it's just the point of God can do amazing things like that because it's just the point of us just being on one accord. And then, you know, 
with, and you think about when they was in, um, when uh, Peter and them got locked up, and they started praising God there. They was on one accord. It was just two of them. They was on one accord, and then they pray. They praising God. They singing to God, and then all of a sudden the building shakes, the chains break, and everybody's. That's another corporate anointing because everybody's doing the same thing. They started it, and they, it broke. But I mean, could you imagine you doing something and God just moved where you could feel them? You can just feel the building shake, or you can just feel something move, and everybody feel it. What, what, what would you think that would make God? What would that make you feel like? You want to, you want God to move, and He move a building for you. It didn't make you feel like there's nothing else, there's nothing he can't do. So I mean, that's why it's important to, to be on one accord so we can get into these anointings and flow like that because we talk about momentum and you think about how he's been doing things, he shows you, like I said, he shows you the different levels of the anointing and that's a, that's a build up. And that's what we've been doing here is building it up. It's building it up, and, and we just got to get there. Because we talked about a lot of times about just doing things back, back at the old church. It's the point of uh, something going to happen, something going to happen. And now we're on this momentum that we got. Something got to happen. Are we looking for it? Are we expecting it now? Or are we just still saying uh, something's going to happen, something's going to happen? Or are we going to make it happen? Or are we going to try to force it? I ain't going to say force it, but do the things that we need to do to be on one accord so God can move the way he wants to move. Because, I mean, you, you see that, they see the way people coming in, you see the way that we are growing, and you see how that everything's being lined up in place. We're starting to do new things, we're starting to do different things, we're starting to put people in, in places where, where, we, where we didn't have people. Or it's more or less people are starting to be accountable for certain things now. And that's part of getting it ready for the anointing. Because when it comes, you can't have people all over the place. You can't have people out of where they're supposed to be or where they, where they don't need to be or just scattered anywhere. Because you, you think about how when, when, when sun, last Sunday, when it was a point of Pastor Keith calling certain people up here to start praying. And we st they started praying, and you can feel the shift. You can feel it. Once, once they got louder, the crowd got louder. Once they calmed down, the crowd calmed down. But once more, more excited they got, the more excited the crowd got. So that was part of the anointing starting to move. That's what we want. We wanted to move. We want to be able to shift atmospheres. We want to be able to change things as they go. We want to be able to people's lives to change as soon as they walk in the door because that's what's going to make them come back. If we can't do that, if we can't do that in the church, how are we going to do it outside the church? How are we going to be able to change stuff outside in the neighborhoods if we can't change stuff here first? But like I said, it's, it's a lot of things that we, that we want to do. It's a lot of things that we want to do in individuals and there's a lot of things that we want to do as a church, but it's, it's the point of we got to do it here first and then step outside because it's a lot of things that we can do as a church, but we need to do it here first 
and then step outside and do it because we got to get the anointing here first, then we can go into other places. So, I mean, it's, it's some other things that I had, but then too, like I said, in marriage it's supposed to be the, the one accord is, is important because it's just, like I said, we've been married for a while and most of the time we're on the same page. We're on one accord. And when it's that way, everything is good. But sometimes we are off a little bit. We can be on the same page, but not in the same paragraph. It's off. It's still off. Because we're not together. And, and some, like I said, to me it's a bad feeling because you know it's off and you're trying to fix it and you're trying to figure out where I need to be, where she at, and, and you don't know. But like I said, when it's together, you know it's together because everything is flowing good. Everything is flowing right. Everybody's on the same page. That means the kids, they're doing good. They're doing right. And that's like I say, it's, it's the point of we got to, like I said, as a church, we got to be that way. Not just as families, but as one body. Because like I said, we're one body. But we, as he said, it's in the Bible, we're one body, but multiple things we, we, we're supposed to be doing. And so that's, that's what I got, and that's what he laid on me to, laid on me to talk about.